Blog Talk Radio. Paleo Hebrew, 
I'm your brother, your host, your friend, as always, Tazapa. Hope everybody is healthy. Hope everybody had a good weekend, a good Shabbat. And uh, welcome to the show, y'all. Welcome to the show. A lot of things going on in this cesspool place that we live in called the world. Uh, that I want to unpack, man. But before I dive in, I want to uh, give shots and shouts out to all our affiliated schools, the brothers here in San Antonio, uh, the brothers down in H-Town, the brothers in VA, brothers up in Rochester, brothers in uh, Albuquerque, Canada, California, um, Atlanta, and shouts out to Kawakab down in Guatemala. And shouts out to the 12 tribes that are scattered worldwide, man. I want everybody to do me a favor, man, and keep the brothers of Sakari in y'all prayers. I just ran across a video, man, in which the brothers aired, I guess, the night before last, but um, they had a break-in, man. Uh, a couple of vehicles were broken into. And somebody stole their equipment, man, uh, all their laptops, um, their cameras and stuff. Um, down in Atlanta, apparently, I didn't notice, but break-ins are um, high down in uh, ATL right now for whatever reason. But I want to ask everybody to send prayers up for those brothers that um, they can get their things returned um, by way of the most high Uh returning those things back to them. Uh, keep those brothers in your prayers, man, that uh, the Most High will continue to watch over them, bless them, and to uh, bless their hands, man. Those brothers, they do good work, man. They do good works. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with all the doctrines uh, that they teach, man, but they are brothers, man, and they out there. You know, like it tells us in, uh, I believe it's First Corinthians, the 12th chapter, that the body has many parts, man, and that's true. There's not one camp in Israel where we all can say, oh, we got everything figured out or we're we're the home of the truth or we're, we're the prophets and the most high only sent us a vision. Ain't no camp that can say that, man. And reason being is because the most high has made us too complex of a people, too unique, too, um, what's the word he uses, uh, a peculiar people. We're too peculiar, and the word peculiar means unique, man. We're very different. There's 12 tribes, y'all, 12, not one. And y'all know with any group, if you have different mem- members, uh, they're going to bring different personalities, different points of views, different opinions, different ways of looking at things, man, which is, which is a beautiful thing, man, because collectively us together as a nation, we're a damn powerhouse, man. We're a damn powerhouse collectively as a nation. But my point in saying all of this, man, is that every part of the body is appreciated. Like Christ even made the analogy when he talked about the branches, man. Every every part of the branch, every part of these branches, these Hebrew Israelites, this thing we call the truth, man, is very valuable. And I don't look down my nose at any part of the body, any part of the branch, man, because we're all needed in some form of capacity. So I just want to ask everybody to uh, 
keep those brothers in your prayers. If you uh, fellowship with Sakari, if you're very familiar with Sakari, I believe they have a cash app where you can help donate money to help them get back on their feet. Uh, the brother, uh, Alazar, Villa Hebrew, he was saying that uh, they, they had insurance, so they're going to definitely file an insurance claim, and the insurance should uh, reimburse them for their losses or what have you. But uh, I'm just asking for uh, everybody send prayers up for those brothers. If you uh, find it on your heart, like the brother said in the video, to donate uh, so they could, you know, help restore or help buy other equipment so they're able to get the insurance because that stuff takes a, a minute before it kicks in, before they get a check. You know, please do so, man. Please do so. But I uh, just want to send a shout-out to them brothers, man, and uh, prayers going up to the most high for them, as well as all the other Israelites that are out doing uh, great works around the globe, man. Shout out to IUIC. Uh, once again, I don't necessarily agree with all the doctrines, but when it comes to uh, going global, man, hat, hats off to those brothers. I can't say nothing bad about them. They, they are doing the damn thing. Uh, also, shout out to uh, ISBSP, uh, ISUPK, um, which is also doing great works, man, as well as other Israelite groups, man, House of David, I mean, all those brothers, man. If you believe, if you keep the law, you believe in the principles of Christ, you believe in Christ, Christ existed, man, we get down. We can chop it up. Uh, as we're awaiting this upcoming summit, which I am looking forward to, man, going down, uh, what is it, January 24th, I believe, to the 28th. I believe those are the dates. Uh, looking forward to that. Also, man, looking forward to uh, Passover, which I believe will be held uh, here in San Antonio this year for our affiliated groups. Um, I'm not sure on the dates. I have not got the dates yet. Mashaba has the dates. Also, y'all, looking forward to Parim, which is coming up, uh, I believe, in March. Parim usually uh, comes around, uh, which is the celebration of us being saved from annihilation. <laughs> It's like a constant theme in the Bible. It's been several times we've been on the break of annihilation as a nation and as a people. But the Most High has saved us. In that particular time, uh, Parim, you find that story in the book of Esther, the sister Esther, uh, also accompanied by her uncle slash father, Mordecai, um, helped save the nation from annihilation from the Edomites, uh, sponsored by or led by uh this wicked Edomite named Haman. But we got that coming up also. Uh, also, uh, the Sabbath's coming up, y'all. So whoever you do your Sabbath readings with, um, get to it, man. Fellowship. Fellowship. Um, that's about it, man. That's about it. Uh, shout out, man. Shout out first and foremost to uh, Mighty Mashaba, man, for hooking up the broadcast. I know you have some business to take care of. This morning to attend to I hope that goes to WAP uh, For you, I goes good for you All praise to the most high uh, May he keep you Bless you uh, Pour you out An abundant blessing To where uh, it's overflowing Man, and it's unexpected And you ain't even prepared for <laughs> The abundance of it But uh, shout out to you brother for hooking up The broadcast and Stay consistent, uh, battling back and forth with Block Talk. Um, so without further ado, man, let me go ahead and jump into it. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, 
which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So this is the prayer we need to be sending up on the daily, y'all, so we can get the hell on out of this demonic, wicked place, man. You got to get that sound bite. I keep saying that, man. That sound bite from the Matrix. The brothers say, <clears throat> it's the smell. You ain't lying, man. It is the smell of this place. It's polluted. It reeks. Anyway, Psalm chapter 118, verse 24. This is the day which the Lord had made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So good or bad, happy or sad, the most I brought you to it, he'll bring you through it, and you'll come out better on the other side because of it. Please believe me. All right, y'all. So like I said, I got a lot to unpack, man. First of all, I just want to touch on this briefly, man. Cat Williams has got the internet going nuts. <laughs> got the internet going nuts, man. With his interview that he did on uh, Shake Shack, um, Shannon Sharp podcast, which I frequently uh, view. Was other podcasts I get into, man. But I seen the interview, man. I seen it like uh, the day it came out. Lengthy interview, man. I think the interview was like uh, almost two hours, man, if not two hours. But uh, very informative. The brother dropped a lot of bombs, uh, a lot of st- – man, he – listen, the receipts for for the stuff he, he was saying is coming out now. The receipts are coming out. Some of the stuff uh, he was not genuine. He was not uh, – he don't have receipts for but a lot of the stuff he did. But uh, amidst all the drama, man, let me tell y'all what caught my uh, ear to uh, what was what he was saying uh, when Shannon was going over. Because I'm going to be honest with y'all. Shannon has a, a format, which I like. Uh, I like his show as well as uh, All the Smoke, man. These are two podcasts I've seen people go on. And they, they, can, they can be them. They you know speak on it you know uncensored or whatever, but I like their formats. I like Shannon's format because he you know gets background information, um, you know about them growing up, how they uh, got into their profession and whatnot. And when I first started watching the interview with Cat, Cat was going in on. He started the interview off going in on said the entertainer, um, what's the dude's name uh, with the family feud, um, Steve Harvey. He called him Mr. Potato Head, but honestly, Steve Harvey looks more like Elmer Fudd to me. But anyway, he was going in on Steve Harvey, said the entertainer, Ricky Smiley. I'm talking about going in. To the point where I almost stopped watching the video because I, I don't like really seeing us drag each other down like that. Uh, and 
I've seen Cat before go off on people and come for people. Cat be hating a little bit. I ain't going to even front. He be hating a little bit, and he's bitter about a lot of stuff. But the brother be pulling some real valid points out. Uh, But, like I said, missing all the drama, Shannon was finally able to get to his format and ask some questions about his upbringing and whatnot. And what I didn't know, which was very surprising, uh, was that the brother was like a child prodigy. The brother said he was reading uh, fluently, intelligently at the age of three, where he was reading like uh, grown-up material, not grown-up in the fact of uh, the content, but just books that grown-up folks might read. And the brother said that he read nonfiction books. So he wasn't just reading, you know, just to be reading or reading uh books to waste time or pass time. He was reading books with substance because he said he wanted to know about everything. He said he had questions on everything. He said that when he was at bad and his parents wanted to punish him, that they would take his books from him. That's how much he loved reading. And I, I didn't notice about him, and I found that quite interesting. Also, to know that this, this dude said he was homeless. He said he left his mom in him house when he was uh, the young teen, I think he said he was like 13, 14 when he left. He might have been younger. Got Say he got him, he was at a truck stop. Yeah, 13, at a truck stop and got in some new truck and rode to Florida <laughs> and was homeless. I didn't know all of this stuff about him, man, but much respect to Cat for enduring and going through all of that, man. Also, a lot of the stuff he was bringing out that, you know, the head scratches made just Made you scratch your head. He'd been saying for years about the gatekeepers and Illuminati, and people were saying he was crazy. But one thing he pulled out, man, I was like, hmm, I didn't think about that. Uh, the white comedian, um, what's his damn name? He always entertaining black audiences. Um, who? Gary Owens. That's his name? Yeah, he was married to a black woman. He was like... <laughs> You know, it's in a roundabout, I'm paraphrasing, but he was basically saying that Gary Owens never sold his soul. He said, why you don't see him in these uh, top featured movies? Why you don't see him with these uh, top featured TV shows? And he a white boy. <laughs> but I found that interesting, man. If y'all get the opportunity, if y'all can find the whole, the full interview, I don't know if it's still on there. Go on and check that interview out, man. It was quite entertaining and quite informative. All right, so let's get into some news, man. Oh, I also, and I'm gonna touch on this. I just got to get more information about the whole puffy situation, man. My goodness, I wouldn't be surprised if he's on this list that I'm about to read later. <laughs> anyway, this first article I got is from China News, uh, voanews.com. Chinese migration up at border as U.S. marks anniversary of repeal of Exclusion Act. And this article, y'all, is from December 25th, 2023. 
and I, I got this information. Uh, I was just skimming through some news articles. The original article that I got that led me here was from CNN, but it was talking about how the Chinese are migrating because this is something y'all don't hear about. But look, let me read. Let me let me read and tell y'all how they migrate by way of how uh, Washington, as the U.S. marks the 80th anniversary of the repeal of the Chinese Exclusion Act, thousands of Chinese immigrants are crossing the U.S. border. Let me read this again. Thousands of Chinese immigrants are crossing the U.S. border, the U.S.-Mexico border, mostly from the, for the same reason as their countrymen did more than a century ago. Now, I know y'all been hearing all in the news about the politicians, specifically uh, the governor of Texas. What's his damn name? Uh, Abbott that's been sending migrants, our people, who we loosely refer to as nine and a half tribes, Israelites, all over the country, busting them. In fact, I heard they flying them now. All the countries in the Midwest, back east, because he's saying that they ain't the ones that got to deal with the immigration immigration problem. He calls it the immigration problem, as as well as his uh, red counterparts. I say red because we loosely refer to them as white, but they're really a shade of red. We know it would be Esau, the Edomites of the book. Those are facts. But he said that this is an immigration problem. But these Chinese folks ain't an immigration problem. Scratch your head on that. Go figure. Talking about this last week when I was comparing the criminal allegations of the NBA white player, Josh Giddy to the non-criminal allegations, non-criminal convicted allegations of, of one Kyrie Irving a brother who posted a damn video and who they suspended and dragged through the mud and assassinated his character, killed him, killed his character. No credibility. But meanwhile, Josh Giddy is sitting on the sideline with kitty corn in his pocket. And ain't nobody said nothing. He ain't been convicted of nothing, charged with nothing, dragged through the mud, nothing. And that let me calm down. That skank at CNN, what's her damn name? Malika Andrews, that be dragging brothers through the mud, bringing up their allegations, ain't said nothing, to my knowledge, about Josh Giddy. I might be wrong. Maybe she did. But there's still an excuse how she dragged her own people through the mud. When it's not warranted. Anyway, back to this article, back to my point. The Chinese immigrants are not a problem, but Latin-speaking, Spanish-speaking immigrants, they're a problem. Come on, y'all. Y'all can't see it by now that we are the true chosen people of the Most High. Why else would we be going through all of these things that we go through? This is not a coincidence how they hate black and brown people. We're the same people. 
back to this article. It says, I can't pronounce this dude's name, Wayne. Wayne made the journey this spring through Central America with his family. This is his quote. When I knew there was a way to leave China, I felt overjoyed, really overjoyed, he said. According to the U.S. Border Patrol, from January through September, more than 24,000 24,000 Chinese migrants crossed the border without authorization, 13 times the number recorded during the same period last year. So this is nothing new. This has been going on. 24,000 from January to September? So when y'all see Chinese restaurants pop up in y'all city, uh, uh, over uh, over uh, <laughs> uh, overkill of Chinese restaurants popping pop up in y'all city. Don't be surprised. This is why. When 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 cats and and dogs start missing from y'all neighborhoods, <laughs> don't scratch your head. Remember, hey, Tazafat told us. All right. It says, this is a quote, they seek a lack, they see a lack of opportunity. They see the Chinese economy staggering. Now, the Chinese economy, from what uh, I've researched, says, uh, well, they're the second largest economy behind the U.S. So you got these Chinese people leaving because they said uh, there's no opportunity over there in China and that the economy is not doing great. Uh, just sort of like America, right? Duh. Um, there's also been a lot of frustration with how controlling the Chinese government is, how many restrictions there are on their lives, and people have been researching how to get to the United States, said Madeline Y. Hasu, a history professor at the University of Maryland. Hasu spoke at Korea 80, the gathering on December 5th of nearly 400 representatives from 121 Chinese American organizations who came together to mark the 80th anniversary of the repeal of the Chinese Exclusion Act. The only U.S. law that prohibited immigration based solely on race, I guess this was the immigration law that Trump put in. Wang's journey, Wang arrived with his parents, his wife, and their two children in May. All right, I ain't going to read all of this. Oh, wait a minute. I got to read this part. It says, they left China's Anhu province, he told VOA's Mandarin service, because of the Chinese government's aggressive COVID-19 lockdown and human rights issues. The family flew from Hong Kong to Turkey to Quinto, Ecuador which offers a 90-day visa exemption for Chinese passports. Y'all hear this? So they're going going to Ecuador, and they're coming through Ecuador. And another report I read said that they didn't need a passport to live in South America. I haven't researched that, but so the article, uh, other article I was reading said. And I believe that, man. It's a lot of them. And what's happening now is uh, they're getting robbed and all this other stuff, and people are coming to their rescue, 
et cetera, et cetera. But my point in bringing this whole article out is to show us the disparities uh, in how they say that our people are a problem. When we're on the border trying to get in, escaping countries that America has came in and destabilized by way of the CIA and by way of their damn companies, their American companies. They destabilized this, all of South America, Central America, and then they fought these people and point these people, our people, out for being the villains coming to America for a better way of life. Now it's an immigration problem. But what if what if y'all ass just left their governments and their countries alone and let them benefit off their own natural resources? Then they would have no reason to flee their country because it's so corrupted by way of you and come, and try to come to America. But don't, nobody want to talk about that. You know, it's no different than uh, the crack epidemic. And you see, oh, the crack epidemic, Nancy Reagan, oh, dry, prune, wrinkled up stuff on TV talking about say no to drugs, the whole say no to drugs campaign. Meanwhile, your husband, Bush, is the one flying the dope in. I'm sorry, Reagan was the one flying the dope in. And I, it was Bush, too, because I believe he was like the director of the CIA during that time. But my point is this. Nobody saw that. All y'all seen is the niggas on television with the gold chains and the gold teeth and the starter hats getting caught on the corner selling crack, going to jail. That's all y'all saw was black folks getting locked up and crack babies in the hospital. That's all y'all knew. Anything that was black was associated with crack or vice versa. That's all y'all saw. It wasn't until Ali North was on Capitol Hill trying to defend the damn Iran-Contra scandal in which Iran uh, was, I'm sorry, which America was receiving money from the dope they were selling that they was getting from South America to help sponsor the damn war against Iran. Go back and watch the movie Snowfall, or the series Snowfall. It loosely uh, talk, talks about that, exposes that. That actually happened. Then, oh, wait a minute. Crack is not just a black problem. Oh, the government, the CIA sponsored crack. Oh, now we got to do something. Which is why when I see these documentaries and these movies about the opioid epidemic, I laugh. Funny to me. It's a tragic comedy. You know why? The scripture says what a man reap what a man sow he shall also reap. Meaning whatever you put out is gonna come back to you. And that's what the opioid ep- epidemic was. Most I have a great sense of humor. And I look at the whole thing. During the crack era, it was black folks killing off Black folks, we were killing our own people, killing our own people. Speed it up to the opioid epidemic. It was white folks killing their own people by way of the pharmaceutical industry. Y'all go back, man, check Netflix. got a couple documentaries and uh, docu-movies, I guess based off the opioid epidemic, man. And you will see that's who it was, and they did it all for money. 
They destroyed their they destroyed their own communities for money. No different than the crack epidemic. We destroyed our own communities. Ain't the most high something, man. Ain't he just? Ain't he righteous? All right, let me get the next article, man. Oh, I'm sorry. Before I even jump to this article, let me touch on this my immigration thing. How could I forget? Let's get Obadiah. Most High told us this. He told us all of this stuff is going to happen, man. The Bible is so on point, y'all. The Bible is so on point that it's scary. It's scary how much the Bible is on point. Obadiah chapter 1, and we're going to start at verse 1. And it reads, The vision of Obadiah, thus said the Lord God concerning Edom. All right, so who is going to be talking about this whole chapter? It's talking about Edom, the Edomites, who who we loosely refer to as white. They really shade of red. But it's talking about them. Now I want to jump down. Verse 6. How are the things of Esau searched out? How are his hidden things sought up? Everybody looking for the ways of Esau, the way Esau does things, man. Esau's colonization. And Esau get mad. They beefing with China right now because China wants to reclaim Taiwan, which they used to have in their possession by way of colonialism. Who did they learn that from? Esau, Edom, so-called white man. But everybody wants to know the ways of the so-called white man and do stuff the way he do it, right? Now watch this, verse 7. All the men of thy confederacy have brought thee even to the border. The men that were at peace with thee have deceived thee and prevailed against thee. They that eat thy bread have laid a wound under thee. There is no un- none understanding in him. Now, what this is talking about, the confederacy, is talking about all the nations that you cool with, that you want to pull into your UN, that you want to make uh, deals with. It says that they may uh, set a wound up under thee. They're setting you up to sell. You brought them to your borders. The Chinese. Now, we just read about uh, how they're uh, migrating from China right now. But what about all the Chinese exchange students? What about all the dealings with the Chinese government? And I've heard this. I have not researched it. I heard that China owns Times Square. I know they own countless parts of U.S. land. This is what it's talking about. And you don't think the Chinese remember the century-long war by way of opium that y'all raised on them? And I covered that. And FYI, how the the, uh, Forbes, you know, the people that uh, publicized Forbes magazine, who John Forbes Carey is a member of, how, how they made their fortune off of opium. Also, the Roosevelts, also known as the uh, Delanos or Delaney's, I believe. 
you know, Franklin D. Roosevelt, Franklin Delano, that's what it is. Franklin Delano Roosevelt, the Delanos, the Delano, whatever they, they damn name is. This is how Esau be trying to hide his dirt. They marry in, and they don't keep, they keep the middle name, but they won't emphasize the middle name. They just have the initial up there, so you won't be able to tie them back to those people that they come from. Like, like I said, the Forbes and the Delanos that made their money off the opium wars. In China, when they had the Chinese strung out on opium for, I think it was a century. might have been a couple centuries. But this is their payback. This is what the book of Obadiah is talking about. I'm going to read this again. All the men of thy confederacy have brought thee even to the border. The men that were at peace with thee have deceived thee and prevailed against thee. They that eat thy bread have laid a wound under thee. There is no understanding in him. And it ain't no understanding in Esau, man. You did all this dirt to all these countries, but all these countries can get visas to come to the U.S. Why would you invite your enemy to come chill at your house to have a, a, a spot on your couch? <laughs> Why? That don't even make sense. All the dirt you done done, you ain't, you ain't got no... Uh, type of insight say, you know what, it might not be a good idea to have these people come over here. We did have them strung out on heroin for centuries. You know, it might not be a good idea to have these Arabs come over here. We did destabilize their government and drop uh, depleted uranium over their whole region to where they was having those uh, uh, birth defect babies that were born with two heads and three ears and all that other stuff and where they can't even grow crops over there for, they can't grow no crops forever because of the depleted uranium. It might not be a good idea to have them come to our country. They might get us back one day. Who I say ain't no understanding in this dude? Because it ain't. Which brings me to this. The next article. This is from Al Shazir, y'all. Jeffrey Epstein lists whose names are on the newly unsealed documents. The documents have unearthed sexual assault allegations against Prince Andrew, Donald Trump, Bill Clinton, are also mentioned. Ain't that some? What is the Jeffrey Epstein list? Included in the unsealed papers are the names of about 150 Epstein Associates. The documents were filed as part of Virginia's, guys, I can't pronounce her last name, I'm sorry, G-I-U-F-F-R, 2015 defamation lawsuit against Ghislaine Maxwell, Epstein's co-conspirator in his sexual abuse scheme. Maxwell was sentenced to 20 years in prison in 2022. Epstein died by suicide, that's what they say anyway, in 2019 while awaiting sex trafficking charges. And isn't this peculiar? Like Morgan Gay would say, ain't that peculiar? Ain't that peculiar? Epstein, that sounds like a small hat name to me. You know, like Weinstein. 
like a small hat name to me. I'm talking about those Jewish people. So I wasn't surprised to see all this information come out about those Jewish people. This is the way they get down, man. They some little freaky people. You know this from the way they call themselves circumcising those newborn boys. I don't know if y'all familiar with this, but they their idea of circumcising newborn baby boys is to put the little boy rod in their mouth and bite the foreskin off. <laughs> I'm not making this up, y'all. Look it up. Please, do your research. This is how they say they circumcise little boys, by putting their pitas in their mouth. Hmm. Peculiar. (laughs) Can't make this stuff up, y'all. My point is, Epstein is, is a Jew. Weinstein, Jew. They were Jews. Anyway, read on. Um, this lady, I can't pronounce her name, G-I-U-F-F-R-E, is one of the women who sue Epstein for abusing them at his homes in Florida, New York, United States, Virgin Islands, and New Mexico. She said she was uh, pressured into having sex with men in Epstein's social orbit other documents were unsealed by the court from 19, I'm sorry, from 2019 to 2022. Last month, a judge listed in a 50-page document about 180 people under, I don't know what this is, ordering that their identities be made public within 14 days of the order. Some individuals have objected to the dis- disclosure of their identities in the case. No, you don't say. <laughs> Yeah, don't say. They don't want their name put out there that they some little freak monsters too. The inclusion of a name on the list uh, does not indicate there are any allegations against the individual. Okay, I'll put that out there. Come on, man. If you an associate of this dude, you was getting down to his island. Here's a closer look at some of the names in the recent documents. Prince Andrew, you know, the royal prince. Of Britain, the British guy, he's on the list. Little freak monster. Now I ain't gonna read his little allegations. Y'all go back, get the article yourself. I just wanna get the names. Alan Durswask, Harvard Law Professor. Alan Durswask. I know I'm butchering his name is well-known for his work in U.S. criminal law. U.S. criminal law. Harvard Law Professor. He's on the, the list. He's on Epstein's list. Uh, Jean-Luc Brunel. Jean-Luc Brunel was a French model scout who was awaiting trial on charges that he raped underage girls when he died by suicide in a Paris jail in 2022. Huh, you don't say. Didn't, didn't Epstein die of suicide, too? Hmm, that's what they say. Mysterious deaths. He was on his list. Freak monster. All right. Get ready for this one, y'all. 
Y'all like magic, right? <laughs> David Copperfield. He's on Epstein's list, y'all. Freak Monster. It says, whoever this dude's name is, testified to meeting American magician David Copperfield at one of Epstein's houses. Hmm. What's this? This dude's, I, I'm going to spell it, y'all. S-J, S-J-O-B-E-R-G. So he was at Copperfield's house. What's his name? Sarber said Copperfield asked her if she knew, this is a girl, if she knew that the girls were getting paid to find other girls, referring to the recruitment of women by Epstein and Maxwell as massage therapists. So she asked David Copperfield this question. So he was at Epstein's crib. He's a freak monster. All right. Billy Clint, the clampet. Former U.S. President Bill Clinton is also mentioned in the court documents. Now, I don't know if y'all are familiar, man, but they've been talking about Billy Clinton. Because we remember Hillary Clinton was part of the whole Pizzagate thing that they swept up under the rug. She's been getting freaky dicky. And I've heard count, countless reports about her being a sodomite, a dyke. And when you look at the way she moved, yeah. I believe she was or is. They get been getting freaky, freaky, dicky. All right, Donald Trump, former president Donald Trump, is also mentioned in the documents, but not accused. <laughs> Hawkins, the late psychiatrist, name was mentioned in an email sent by Epstein. Epstein to Maxwell in January 2015. Psychiatrist? Like, you need some help yourself, bro. You freak monster. All right. I want y'all to take a seat on this one. Take a seat on this one. Michael Jackson. Starbird said she saw the late singer at Epstein's residence. When she was asked if she gave if she gave him a massage, she said no. So this is one of the victims that's spilling the beans. Said Michael Jackson. Once again, shout out to Cat. <laughs> Cat Williams tried to tell us about Michael years ago in one of his stand-ups. He was talking about what things a pedophile might have in his house to lure children to his crib? You know, what was the name of the damn ranch? Never Neverland Ranch? Never Neverland? You know, water slides and all that stuff you might have to lure children to your crib? And Cat made the comparison about the things that he had in his crib, the little women there. <laughs> he said, I don't treat Alize, but this dude. <laughs> I have satin pillows on my pillow. Case a woman's gonna come mess with your boy, she got to mess with her up doing it. This is what he was talking about, man. But <clears throat> all made sense. And look at him; he's bringing the truth out. People call him crazy, but he ain't so crazy now, is he, y'all? Michael Jackson on this list. You know, I seen that. Uh, Monarch Butterfly documentary they did years ago 
And they was talking about how I forgot who it was, but said that Mike would uh, be be took to these hotels by his daddy Joe. Jermaine wrote a book about it. I had to get that book. Talking about how Mike would go to these hotels and uh, be there with grown men. And when he would come home, he'd be quiet for days on end. It took him time to get back to his original self. I forgot what they called him. They had a name for those little sex toy boys that they would use. I forget the name. But y'all get a chance, man. It should still be on YouTube somewhere, Uh, Monarch Butterfly Program, something like that. I think that was the name of it. But those are all the people that's on uh, his – not all the people. It said more names to come, y'all. So there's more people on the list. I've heard that, uh, what is it, Jimmy Kimball? I heard he's on the list. I heard Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback, is on the list. And a couple other more people, man. Yeah, Freak Monsters. All right, let's get Revelations 18 and 1. And this is, man, the Bible is too real, I'm telling y'all. And I brought this out before, man. I'm going to bring it out again. Revelation 18 and 1. And after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power. And the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried, this is the part I want to get to, mightily, with a strong voice saying, Babylon the great is falling. Now, I broke this down several times. I did a whole class on the three Babylons. The first Babylon being ancient Babylon by way of Nimrod, which we get all the, basically all the pantheon of gods that the world currently worships and serves. That was the the first Babylon, ancient Babylon. Then we have Neo-Babylon, which was under Nebuchadnezzar. But then you have one more Babylon, Babylon the Great. And it tells us in the book of Psalms, chapter 137, that this cat, this nation named Edom, is the daughter of Babylon, which is also Babylon the Great. And Edom being Esau, the so-called white man, who we loosely refer to as white, but he's really a shade of red. So this is who it's talking about when it talks about Babylon the Great. It's fallen in Revelation, chapter 18, verse 2. I'm going to read it again. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils. And the hope of every foul spirit, that's the part I want to get to, the habitation of devils. Man, all devils live here in Babylon the great, also known as America. We're reading it about these damn pedos, these freak monsters, all at Epstein's island at his crib, on his list. And they get a license to do this. Only in this place will they legalize same-sex unions, same-sex marriages, ushering in way for what? Pedophilia. The Men's Lovers Boy Association. They down with it. All these politicians down with it. They freak monsters, man. But it is nothing new. Go back and do some research on uh, Tiberius Caesar. He had a little freak island, too. I guess that's where Jeffrey got the idea from. Matter of fact, it probably was him reincarnated because there's nothing new under the sun. These spirits come back.
but Tiberius Caesar, he had a little freak island. He had little boys on his island. And Caligula, he was a freak monster too. These are the same people. Read this again. And he cried mildly with a strong voice saying, Babylon the Great is falling, is falling and has become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. I think I brought this out like last broadcast, man, how graphic the most high is with his analogies. You think of a foul bird, you think of a damn pigeon, this pesty, just pooping all over the place and eating everybody's leftovers, or a damn uh, seagull if you're on the beach that'll snatch some food up out of your hand, or a bat that's just pooping all over the place. Basically a rat with wings. Well, the most high said that this place, Babylon the Great, it's like these foul birds, disgusting and pesty. That's why it tells us in, uh, what is it, Daniel chapter 7, I believe verse 25, that this last kingdom, which is Babylon the Great, was going to wear out the saints, man, through his disgusting filthiness. Revelation 18 and 3. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And we know that fornication is any lewd act. Any loose sexual act, as well as the spiritual uh, fornication, which is polytheism, paganism, which this place, this place celebrates gladly. You don't believe me? We just came out of uh, the celebration of Janus, which they call New Year's. And I broke this down that the New Year starts in the springtime. They added January February to the calendar the current calendar that we still follow, the Gregorian calendar. And he just got to celebrate Nimrod's birthday, December 25th. This place, it says, And the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. Now, this is the part I want to get to. This is for us, the believers. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, who's most of people, the Israelites, but which people? The Israelites that believe in the Most High Christ. Come out of her, that ye be not partakers of her sins. Don't be like these people. Don't be freak monsters. It says, and that ye receive not of her plagues. Because the Most High, just like he hit the Egyptians with plagues, he don't hit this damn place with plagues. He already been hidden. We have to come out of the mindset and the thinking of Babylon the Great, a.k.a. America. So we won't get the same punishment that they get, that we won't be counted as freak monsters with them. All right, y'all, let me get to the last one. The last one, let me turn the audio up on this, y'all. This is from Worldstar. I just kind of stumbled across this one, man, but this one is disturbing. So I'm letting y'all know. Give me y'all a fair warning. This one is disturbing. I'm going to play it. I know. Uh, I'm sorry, y'all. Advertisement. Turn the volume down. Let me skip this ad. Here we go. Mississippi. Jackson, Mississippi, to be exact. It's been revealed 215 bodies were buried in unmarked graves behind a state jail in Jackson, of course. Attorney Ben Crump is now calling for an investigation. Families of the dead reportedly had no idea until last month. Some of them, those grave sites were only labeled by a number and a metal rod. Joining us to talk. 
Now, in case y'all didn't hear this, they found unmarked graves. Well, they were marked, but not with names, behind a jail in Jackson, Mississippi. Mississippi. Everybody ever met, everybody ever known that came from Mississippi, hate the hell out of Mississippi. And they have a disdain, uh, uh, extraordinary amount of hate for so-called white people. And we seeing one of the reasons why. I'm going to go and play this rest of this, y'all. Listen up. Spotted activist, Arthur Silky Slim Reed, who also works with Ben Crump. So, Arthur, this started yeah. with Dexter Wade's case back in March, right? He was an individual who was hit by uh, a police officer, and his family thought he was simply missing. But he was dead and buried, and no one notified them. Well, the thing about it is that he had identification on him, Isaiah. And the medical examiner gave it to the lead detective who said he called, didn't get an answer, and they didn't worry about doing anything else. Um, what we're finding, Isaiah, is that Mississippi is Mississippi. It's an ugly Mississippi. And this is sad because now we have six other individuals that have been put into the same grave. And if you look at the video from when we first went to that site, that site, buzzards were flying overhead. And we were trying to figure out why are the buzzards flying overhead. But it's because they're putting them in shadow graves, and the only thing that they're putting them in is a body bag without embalming the bodies. So the stench from the bodies are drawing buzzards there. It's so inhumane for anybody to do any one like that out there is just horrible is what we can say. And that's not even a word that we should use in a situation like this. It's something that we haven't seen. And what we're seeing here is over 200 people in this, what they consider a pauper's grave behind the county jail there. And, and what you guys are learning in your investigation is many of these families were never called, were never notified. Many of them still think their family members or thought their family members were simply missing, but they were dead and buried and never got a call from any investigators, any law enforcement officials or authorities in Jackson, Mississippi. That's right. And one of the things that we faced uh, being Mississippi is that um, they thought that we were playing the race card. We have white clients as well. There were white people that were buried the same way, um, Isaiah. And any human being that's buried the way that they are burying these individuals, it says a lot about the people that's doing this. Uh, criminal act. And the only thing that we're asking, because people always look at us when we're out fighting for civil rights of individuals, the only thing that we're asking in this case, we want you to do the right thing and give them a humane burial. And the city is, you know, so it's crazy out there to see something like that. It's 2023. It's not 1940. But to see them just dumping bodies in a grave like that, and no name, just a number. So they'll say, well, number 13, that's Arthur Reed. Um, number 21 is Isaiah Kerry. But we don't really know until we get the remains. And then the remains um, had decomposed so bad, we just have to take them at their word. And when you look at the story, they told us that they would um, exhume this body at 12 noon, but they ended up taking this young man, Dexter Wade, out of the ground at 
six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning, they say we were not gonna allow them to embarrass us with those cameras. If you're not embarrassed by what you're doing, it's shame on you. Absolutely incredible. Now you guys, uh, along with Ben Crump and I think Attorney Dennis Week, you all are asking for a federal investigation that the feds come in and take a look at this and see exactly what's going on because there's some questions as to Dexter Wade's death when he was hit by the police officer. Whatever happened with the officer in this case and why wasn't his family ever notified that he was dead and not just a missing person? So bottom line, you want an investigation, right? We think many civil rights were violated in Dexter Wade's case, um, not not notifying the family, burying him without permission um, when you knew who he was. That's, That's the key issue right there. You knew who this individual was. And if you look at the Dexter Wade case, um, it's sad, but Dexter Wade's uncle was killed by Jackson police, and they knew the family because they was involved in an ongoing lawsuit with that family, with Attorney Sweets, who you're talking about. So this is very, very, very troubling for us to, for you to know this family already, and for you to do something like this, this was added insult to already injury that you have done to this family, Isaiah. Now, what's what's really disturbing about this is that they're talking about they want an investigation. What is there to investigate? Y'all got damn dead bodies in the back of y'all jail. They should be in bracelets, all of them. They should be in bracelets according to their law but you know why they not in bracelets you know why they ain't in jail why they not appearing before a judge because this is Babylon the Great this is America y'all America was founded and built for white people but not by white people (laughs) we built this place but it was built for them so everything is geared towards them. They'll get the benefit of the doubt. We never will. They're humans. We're inhumane. Remember, three-fifths of the man of a man in their, in their constitution that doesn't apply to us, they're constipation, I should say, because it is definitely full of caca. But the most I told us this, let's not act surprised. For this, as, as disturbing as that was to hear, the most I told us this. Let's get Deuteronomy chapter 28. Yep, Deuteronomy once again. Let me let me do it for y'all. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to beat the dead horse. Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Yeah, let's start at verse 15. But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Now, who is he talking to? Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 1. These be the words which Moses spake unto all Israel. So he spoke these words to all of Israel, all the Israelites. That what? That we was going to be cursed. 
for not keeping the Most High's laws, statutes, and commandments. Now let's jump down to verse 45, Deuteronomy chapter 28, 45, and it reads, Moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee and shall pursue thee and overtake thee till thou be destroyed. Because thou hearkenest not unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded thee. And they, meaning what? The curses, shall be upon thee for a sign. So you want to find out who the Israelites of today are, where God's chosen people are? You have to look at the sign because the sign is going to indicate that these are God's chosen people. So there are signs to God's curses. Just like grocery stores have a sign that you know they sell groceries. Uh, champs have a sign that you know they sell what? Sports apparel, shoes, etc. When the Most High said, you want to find out who his people are, who the Israelites are? Look for the signs of the curses. So it says, and they shall be upon thee for a sign and for a wonder and upon thy seed for how long? Forever, an indefinite amount of time, these curses were going to be on us. You know, because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and gladness for the abundance of all things. Now, let's get one of the signs of the curses. Let's jump up to Deuteronomy 28, verse 26. Watch this. And thy carcass shall be meat. Unto all fowls of the air And unto the beasts of the earth And no man shall freight them away What did we just hear this dude say in this article About the jail that was out back This Mississippi jail That they buried them in shallow graves To where they had buzzards flying around Eating off the carcasses Of these brothers that was back there buried but the scriptures told us this, and no man did what? Freight him away. Told him, hey, get out of here. Get away from that dead body. Stop eating on that dead body. Nobody freighted them away. This is our people, man. This is the sign that these are our people. Those brothers that are buried in that ground. I know they said they had some white people back there. We ain't talking about them. They victims of circumstance. We are victims for not keeping the most high's law, statutes, and commandments. We are breakers of the law, and that is the punishment. I'm not glorifying that. Even the most high said he has no mercy on the wicked, that they should die. Let's get Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 33, basically saying the same thing. It says, and the carcasses of this people, our people, shall be meat for the fowls of the heaven <laughs> and for the beasts of the earth, and none shall fray them away. Once again, man, why is this? Why the most have us go through all of this, man? All this suffering and death and destruction. Once again, all for not keeping his law, statutes, and commandments. You know, and I've seen Israelite brothers say that. Excuse me for a second, y'all. I've heard Israelite brothers say that the commandments is done away with. That is the most idiotic statement that anybody 
that call themselves believers of the Bible could make. And I'm going to tell you why. It's idiotic. Why did the children of Israel go into all the captivities they went into? Huh? Can you please answer that question? Why would the Israelites, why did the Israelites go into the Babylonian captivity? I'm sorry, the Assyrian captivity, the Babylonian captivity, the Persian Mede captivity, the Greek captivity, the Roman captivity, and the current captivity that we're in, the latter end of the Greco-Roman Empire, which is Babylon the Great America. Why do we go into all the captivities? Do y'all know the answer to that? It's the law. We kept breaking the law. The law is the centerpiece of the Bible. Our whole existence is about the law. So to say that the law is done away with is just stupid. Y'all understand without the law, we have no book, no Old Testament, no New Testament. So how can you say that the law is done away with? That would make no damn sense. None. When we know, like I said, the law is the centerpiece of the book. With no law, then the Israelites can't break nothing. The Israelites don't break nothing. They don't go into captivity to where you get all of these prophets, where you get the book of Isaiah, Jeremiah, Zechariah, Ezekiel. You don't get those books without what? Us breaking, without us breaking the law. You don't get those books. And you don't get the New Testament either. The Roman captivity. Why were we sent there? For breaking the law, statutes, and commandments. How is the law done away with? That don't even make sense. I'm going to have to put together a class on that. Anyway, y'all, I went a little bit over time. I ain't do too bad. I'm going to take a brief intermission, man. If it's your first time tuning in, I do about an hour of current events, Tazapah Soapbox, um, and then the second hour I actually get into the class which I'm about to take an uh, intermission before we get into the class, Never Wax Pale, Feast of Life, Part 3. So I'll be right back on the other side of this intermission, y'all.
right, y'all. I am back. And let me say this, man. Let me apologize. Uh, I don't remember whether or not I was cussing or not. I used some profanity. If I did, man, I apologize. Uh, and I apologize to uh, people that was listening in if I did slip a, a profane word in there. I apologize to y'all because uh, I don't want y'all to turn away because foul language was used. I want y'all to get the message, you know, not the uh, the foul language, but the message. I know a lot of times uh, that might turn people off. And I'm not trying to justify anything of that nature. But remember what Paul said. He said, I might be rude in speech, but not in knowledge. You know, and sometimes uh, as a teacher, man, we get uh, very passionate uh, about a certain topic that we're going into um, because we're passionate about our people, man. We love our people, uh, and we love the word of the Most High. We love the Most High. We love Christ. So sometimes we get there, man. I ain't trying to excuse anything. I'm just saying, man, bear with us, and please try to just focus on the message, please. That's all I ask, y'all. That's all I ask. All right. Um, so last week, man, I covered a whole bunch of stuff because we're dealing with um, the Feast of Lights, which is Hanukkah. Just going over what it's about. And we covered a lot of history. We went over uh, the Olympic Games, which is in the Bible. Um, it's in Second Maccabees chapter 4, verse 18. And we went over uh, Jupiter Olympics, Olympus, which were uh, the, the Olympics got their name from. And this Jupiter Olympus is also known as the Greek god Zeus. All right? I want us to understand this. But this is what us, the Israelites, were doing uh, in Israel during the Greek captivity uh, under Antiochus Epiphanes the uh, fourth. All right. So I want to pick back up there. Let's go to uh, Second Maccabees chapter 4 and verse 18. And let me see. Here we go. Now when the game that was used every fifth year was kept at Tyrus, the king being present. And this game is definitely talking about the Olympics, y'all. Reading on verse 19, this ungracious Jason, now remember Jason was an Israelite, y'all, that sold out. He uh, converted, he willfully converted to Hellenism, the Greek way of life. This ungracious Jason, Jason sent special messengers from Jerusalem who were Antiochians, who were what? Antiochians. So these were Israelites who referred to themselves as Antiochians, taking the name of our uh, conqueror, our captor, Antiochus Epiphanes. Ain't this something? These brothers, these brothers just wholeheartedly dove into Hellenization, dove into the way of the other nations. This is why by the time you get to the New Testament, you're reading about the Grecians or the Greeks. These were these same brothers that were either uh, willfully converted or forced converted to Hellenism, 
and took on the names of those um, heathens that conquered us. There's nothing new under the sun, y'all. Also, this is going into the different sports teams that we currently have. Brother might play for the Lakers or play for the Cavs, the Wizards. Might play for the Cowboys. This is where all this stuff started, man. It's nothing new under the sun. Read this again. Verse 19, this ungracious Jason sent special messengers from Jerusalem who were Antiochians to carry 300 drunken of silver to the sacrifice, Hercules. And this ain't talking about no professor. Hercules, Hercules. Talking about the actual deity, Hercules, who's supposed to be the son of Zeus. This is in Greek mythology. It says, which even the bearers thereof thought it fit not to bestow upon the sacrifice because it was not convenient, but to be reserved for other charges. So it's saying that these Israelites who wanted to, who sent money for the sacrifice of Hercules, the other nations didn't even send as much money as the Israelites were sending because they didn't think that it was convenient. It, they thought it should go towards other things. So you see how we dove, we dove into this head on even more so than the nations around us did. This is how far gone we was, y'all. Now remember, they we were sending this money to the worship of Hercules. Now, let's go here. Let's go to Hercules Cult 1, Ancient Greece, and this is off of uh, this website, y'all, com, and it reads, Hercules Cult, <laughs> Hercules Cult. So to worship Hercules is to be in a cult, all right? It says, Hercules was an Olympian demigod. Worship as the divine protector of mankind. He had a large number of shrines throughout the ancient world. So it wasn't just in Jerusalem. Every place where the Greeks had conquered, they put these shrines up. And the Romans were no different because remember that's why it's called the Greco-Roman Empire. They merged the two ideologies, the two mythologies together. He had a number, uh, a large number of shrines throughout the ancient world, and his festivals were widely celebrated. His main cult center was at Tibi, the place of his birth in myth. In classical art, Hercules was depicted as a muscular man with a club and, and lion skin cape. Now, when they picture this dude, he's pictured butt naked. He's butt naked. So how would you worship Hercules? You would get butt naked. Now, remember, what was the Israelites doing, too? Matter of fact, let's go back. Let's jump up. Second Maccabees, Second Maccabees chapter 4. And let me start at... Uh,
Here we go, verse 11. And the royal privileges granted a special favor to the Jews by the means of John, the father of Hippolynus, who went ambassador to Rome for enmity and aid, he took away and putting down the governments which were according to the law, he brought up new customs against the law. For he built, listen to this, gladly a place of exercise. What's that called? A gymnasium. Gymnos, school of nakedness. I brought this out. It says, under the tower itself, and brought the chief young men under his subjection and made them wear a hat. We're going to get to that later. But a point I want to bring out is how we did set up a gym in Israel. And we was in the gym. Once again, that word gym comes from the Greek word gymnos, which means school of nakedness. We were in there working out butt naked. So when you worship Hercules, how you worship him? You got to be how? Naked. He's butt naked with this damn club and his leopard skin uh, cloth. Now, let me read on with this. Uh, going back to this article. It might be all I need from that. And I brought out last week how the first uh, Olympics, well, not the first, all of them, you had to be naked. You had to be naked. And this is also, like I said, this is how you worship Hercules. You work out naked. All right? Now, you ask yourself, how does that apply to today? Are people still worshiping Hercules? Yes, they are. We know it as bodybuilding. The sport called bodybuilding. That's what it is. So these brothers, you see these YouTube influencers all on YouTube, bodybuilding, participating in these uh, contests. That's what I'm talking about. Some of the brothers that be participating in these contests that are bodybuilders. They're worshiping Hercules. When you look at them, when they're on stage, they got these little bitty-ass draws on. I'm sorry, y'all. I said I won't use <laughs> profanity. They got these little bitty draws on. They're naked. They're half naked. It ain't much to be left to the imagination. Because the, the, the sport of bodybuilding is all about what? The human body, the anatomy of the body. How does it look? This is what they be judging off of. And they get every part. They looking at your butt your hips, your thighs, every part of your body is on show. This is the worship of Hercules, y'all. I ain't making this up. We already got all the evidence. All right, going back to 2 Maccabees chapter 4. What verse was I in? Verse 20. This money then is regard in regard of the sender, was appointed to Hercules, sacrifice. But because of the barrenness thereof, it was employed to the making of galleys. 
So these Israelites sent money for the worship of Hercules. Now let's go. Uh, let's go here. Let's go to First Timothy chapter four. Timothy chapter four and verse seven. And these things give in charge. Now, this is Paul speaking, the letter he wrote to Timothy. He said, these things give give in charge that they may be blameless. That's the part I want to get to. Listen up. But if any provide not for his own house, wait a minute, wait a minute. Scratch there, y'all. I believe it's 2 Timothy. Second Timothy four and seven. Let me see. Let me check it. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. That ain't it either, y'all. Hold on. I'm sorry, y'all. That's my bag. I'm tripping. It is. It's First Timothy chapter four verse seven. But refuse profane and old wise fables, and uh, exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Now listen to this part. I want to get to verse eight. For bodily exercise. Now remember what he said in verse seven. He says, "Exercise thyself rather unto godliness." This is Paul speaking, meaning exercise yourself daily, your mind, your spirit. Into godliness, verse 8, for bodily exercise profited little. Now, why would Paul make this statement? Because what were we caught up in? We were caught up in the worship of Hercules, which involved what? Bodily exercise. And remember, I already covered this. We were in the uh, gym, the house of nakedness, working out butt naked. How else would you know that we uncircumcised ourselves unless you could see a dude ride to see, oh, you know what? He ain't circumcised no more. This is why Paul made this statement. See, this is why it's so important to read the whole book, including the Apocrypha, which they excluded, which they took out. They took it out for a reason. But if you don't know the history of the uh, Apocrypha, specifically the Maccabees, the history of Antiochus Epiphanes, you're going to be lost by the time you make it to the New Testament. This is what Paul is talking about. I'm going to read this again. Read it from the top, verse 7, 1 Timothy 4, 7. But refuse profane and old wise fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profited little, but godliness is profitable unto all, unto all things. Having promise of the, of the life that now is, and and of that which is to come. So this was Paul 
because we were still focusing on what? Exercising, hitting the gym. Now, don't get me wrong, y'all. There's nothing wrong with going to the gym, working out, keeping your body fit, staying in shape. I've enlisted uh, several times the benefits of uh, exercise, specifically strength training. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But when you in there, butt naked, looking all in the mirror, and you trying to compete and go bodybuild, that's that's where the problem is because now you're worshiping Hercules, the worship of the body, of the male anatomy, of the, the human anatomy. This is why Paul had to come back and tell us even back then for bodily exercise profited little, man. And about all oh, your your body, what you look like. It's about exercising your mind and your spirit, like you said in verse 7, to the most high. I hope everybody see this. Now we're going to go back to 2 Maccabees, chapter 4. We're going to start at verse 7. And I said we were going to cover this. We're going to deal with it right now. So let's go there. It says uh, 2 Maccabees, chapter 4, verse 7. But after the death of Seleucus, when Antiochus, called Epiphany, took the kingdom, Jason, the brother of Onias, labored underhand to be high priest, promising unto the king by intercession 303 score talents of silver and of another revenue, 80 talents. So this Jason was the brother of this high priest named Onias. And Onias was a righteous priest, man. He was by the book. And he had other brothers. We're going to read about his other brothers, too. But his brother Jason wanted the priesthood for himself, so much so that he would pay for it. He would pay so that the, the uh, that Antiochus, who was uh, our captor, or, our, uh, yeah, our, our captor, he was in charge of us. So you had to go to him to make moves like this which Jason did eventually. Verse 9, besides this, he promised to assign 150 more, see, he was paying for the priesthood, if he might have license to set up a place up, a place for exercise, and how are we working out, naked, and for the training up of the youth in the fashion of the heathen, and to write them of Jerusalem by the name Antiochus, which it says uh, later on in this chapter. We already read that, which when the king had granted and he had got unto his hand the rule, he forwith brought his own nation to the Greekest fashion. So Jason brought the Israelites to Hellenism. It says, and what Israelites in particular? The young men. The young men, man. This is why it's so important to teach our children at a young age about this thing we call the truth so they can continue this on throughout their life and teach it to their children. This is how you get foreverness or perpetualness. You teach. Well, the Greeks understood this too. So this dude, Jason, this foul dude, this sellout, Jason, was schooling our young men to be Greeks instead of Hebrews. Verse 11. And the royal privileges granted of the special favor of the Jews by the means of John, the father of Apollonius, who went ambassador to Rome 
for enmity and aid, he took away and putting down the governments which were according to the law. So you see this, they 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 took down all the authorities that upheld the law of the most high. He brought up new customs against the law. This is the part I want to get to. For he built gladly a place of exercise under the tower itself and brought the chief young men under his subjection and made them wear a hat. And when it says under the tower, this was under the temple. So right below the temple, they had a damn gym in which we was worshiping other deities, specifically Hercules and Zeus. But it says that he made them wear a hat. Now, let's go to this right here. This is from Botanica.com. And the headline reads, Petasos, or Petasos, I believe it's pronounced. And what a Petasos is, is a wide-brimmed hat with a conical crown worn in ancient Greece. The Petios worn by men had a rather low crown, while that worn by women had a tall one. A hat used for traveling, the petos was made of felt or straw and had a chin strap so that when not in use it could be it could be hung down the back. The winged hat of the god Hermes or Mercury was also called a petos. So what type of hat was we wearing? We was wearing this winged hat to honor the god Hermes. You know, the fashion designer? You know, the belts brothers be wearing, killing themselves to go by? That's a Greek deity. Did y'all know that? Now, what I want to also bring out is it says that these hats were made out of felt and some of them was made out of straw. These are the hats we still be wearing today, known as fedoras or brims or I'm going to give me a straw. <laughs> Nothing new under the sun, y'all. Nothing new under the sun. These are the hats we was wearing in honor of the Greek god Hermes, also known as Mercury. I hope y'all see this. So this was the hat he was forcing us to wear. Our own countrymen, mind you. Now, let's go. um, Let's go here. Let's go to the Josephus. So we're going to the Josephus, y'all. We're going to go to page 332. Book of 
Here we go. Actually, page 323. Let me correct this. So when did Josephus, y'all? This is Book 12, Chapter 5. How upon the quarrels of the Jews, one against another, about the high priesthood, Antiochus made an expedition against Jerusalem, took the city, and pillaged the temple, and and distressed the Jews, as also how many of the Jews forsook the laws of their countrymen, and how the Sumerians followed the custom of the Greeks and named them, I'm sorry, named their temple a mount at Mount Grism, the temple of Jupiter Hellenus. All right. About this time, upon the death of Onias, the high priest, they gave the high priesthood to Jesus, his brother. So this word Jesus was very common. And I believe it translated as um, Joshua. This was a common name for Israelites. For that, for that son of Onias left, or Onias, was yet but an infant. And in its proper place, we will inform the reader of all the circumstances that befell this child. But this Jesus, who was the brother of Onias, was deprived of the high priesthood by the king. This is what we're reading about in Second Maccabees chapter four. Who was very ang- I'm sorry, who was who was angry with him and gave it to his younger brother, whose name was also Ananias. For Simon had these three sons, each of whom the priesthood came, as we have already informed the reader. This was Jesus I'm sorry, this Jesus Changed his name to Jason. So the brother reading about the Apocrypha in Second Maccabees chapter four, whose name is Jason, his name used to be Jesus or um, Joshua. He changed his name to Jason because remember, he forced Hellenized himself as well as other Israelites. But Onias was called Menelaus. Now as the former high priest, Jesus, raised a sedition against Menelaus, who was ordained after him. The multitude were divided between them both. So you had Israelites that was divided. Some followed Jason. Some followed his brother, Menelaus. It says, and the sons of Tobias took the part of Menelaus, but the greater part of the people assisted Jason. So it says Jason had more followers. It was more Israelites that wanted to be like the Greeks than it was Israelites that wanted to be Israelites. And by that means, Menelaus and his sons, I'm sorry, and the sons of Tobias were distressed and retired to Antiochus and informed him that they were desirous to leave the laws of their country and the Jewish way of living, according to them, and to follow the king's laws. I hope you all heard this. And the Grecian way of living. This was us leaving our way of life, our heritage, and all of that to follow the way the Grecians did things. 
whereof they desired his permission to build them a gymnasium at Jerusalem. And when he had given them leave, they also hid, listen to this, hid the circumcision of their Gentiles. Or genitalia or Gentiles. Yeah, I'm sorry, Gentiles. That even when they were naked, they might appear to be. Now, why is this so important, y'all? Because in the New Testament, what is Paul and Barnabas going back and forth with the disciples over? Circumcision. What was they beefing with Paul regarding Timothy about? Circumcision. So you see why Timothy wasn't circumcised? Do you see why these other Israelites were not circumcised? This goes all the way back to during this time of the Maccabees. But if you don't know the Apocrypha, you ain't got no clue by the time you make it to the New Testament. Reading on. Accordingly, they left off all the customs that belonged to their own country and imitated this is of the other nations, which first further proves who these Gentiles were in the New Testament, y'all. My goodness. All right, where are we at? So we got that. Now let's go to, let's go here to this article. And this one is talking about Antiochus Epiphanes and what he did. So listen to this. And this is from pennylope.uchicago.edu. I ain't going to read the uh, first part because it doesn't pertain. Let me read this. It says, there is even more obscure answer. Antiochus the fourth Epiphanes, the king of Syria, captured Jerusalem in 167 B.C. and this uh, this created or uh, oh, I'm tripping and uh, what is this word man come on tell us I got a brain for you I'm sorry desecrated let me read this again Antiochus the fourth epiphany the king of Syria captured Jerusalem in 167 B.C. and desecrated the temple by offering the sacrifice of a pig on an altar to Zeus. Y'all hear this, right? A pig on an altar to Zeus, the abomination of desolations. So this abomination of desolation is talked about in the scriptures. We're going to get it in a second. In seeking to prohibit Judaism, and Hellenized the Jews. Antiochus forbade their religious practices and commanded that copies of the law be burned, all of which is related by Josephus in the Antiquity of the Jews, and it gives the book and the chapter, but we're going to read it out of the Apocrypha, y'all. So Antiochus was offering swine sweat, swine's flesh 
on the altar of Jerusalem up to his god Zeus. Now remember, we were already worshiping Hercules, Zeus's supposed son. Now remember, when he did this, this was called the abomination of desolations. Now we're going to get this. Let's go to Matthew chapter 24 and verse 15. We're going to do some jumping around too. You know, people be getting me too, man. When they talk about, because I, I seen something this dude was talking about. Man, remember when y'all uh, when y'all talking the Bible with Hebrew Israelites? They like to pick and choose uh, verses and this and this and that. And remember, y'all got to read the whole chapter. We've been so programmed by America to read like the whole chapter of things, and we might do that and have no damn understanding. And we're reading the Bible like it's a simple book, but it's not. The Bible is a very complex book. And it tells us in the book of Psalms 119, verse 104, do thy precepts, I get understanding. It also tells us in the book of Isaiah, chapter 28, and verse 10, precept must be upon precept, line upon line here, a little there, a little. It says precept must be upon precept. Must. What does must mean? Must means definite. You have to do it. You have to do it that way. If you don't do it that way, you're not going to understand. A precept is a scripture. So it's saying you have to put a scripture with another scripture, going back to Psalms, through thy precept, I get understanding. This is how you get the full understanding of what you read. You have to jump from chapter to chapter, from scripture to scripture, and piece the scriptures together so you get a big, clearer picture. I hope you understand this. This is why we jump the way we jump. Matthew 24, verse 15. We, therefore, shall see the abomination of desolation. Now, this is Christ speaking. And he was talking about the end of the world and the end of the Israelite world in Jerusalem. He said, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel, the prophet, stand in the holy place. Whoso read it, let him understand. But if I don't know about Daniel saying this in the Old Testament, then how the hell am I going to know what Christ is talking about? Y'all see? And this is where you got to do what? Put a precept with another precept so you can understand what Christ is talking about. That's why he says, let him, let him understand. He says, whoso read it, let him understand. How you understand if you don't know the Old Testament, though, if you ain't putting these precepts together? So let's go there. Let's go to Daniel chapter 8 and verse 8. Let's get what Christ is talking about, the abomination of the death of desolations, which he said was in the book of Daniel. So Daniel chapter 8 and verse 8. That's where we're going to start. We're going to jump to get uh, edification. Therefore, the he-goat waxed very great. And when he was strong, the great horn was broken, and for, and for it came up four notable ones toward the four winds of heaven. And we're going to read this again. Now I'll break it down. Therefore, the he-goat waxed very great. Who is the he-goat, though? So we got to, once again, put a precept with a precept. Now, fortunate for us, it's in the same chapter. Let's jump up to verse 20. 
The ram which thou sawest having two horns are the are the kings of, of Media and Persia. And it goes into that. Uh, Daniel chapter 8, Daniel chapter 7, Daniel chapter 2 talks about uh, the Persian Median, Persian or the Median Persian Empire coming into power by way of Cyrus the Great. All right? It talks about this. Is, these are historical accounts. But the Most High gives the animals. It doesn't give the actual uh, kingdom, but here the kingdom's name. The Persian Media Empire. Now watch this, verse 21. And the rough goat, which we just read about in verse 8, same chapter. And the rough goat is the king of Grecia. So you see how the Most High is using animals to describe people? So this rough goat is the king of Grecia. It says, and the great horn that is between his eyes is the first king. Who is the first king of Grecia or Greece? That would be Alexander the Great. I've covered this in this same class, but we went here to get some edification on verse 8. So let's jump back up to verse 8. Therefore, the he-goat waxed very great. So who's the he-goat again, y'all? Alexander the Great. I hope we see this, the Grecian. So he did wax very great. And when he was strong, the great horn was broken. What horn? Alexander. His power was broken. And for it came up four notable ones toward the four winds of heaven. Who was the four notable ones? So let's go to Daniel chapter 7. Damn, that time went by fast. Let's get Daniel chapter 7 to verse 6. Let's get this real quick. After this, I beheld, and lo, another like a leopard, once again, named as an animal, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. The beast had also four heads, and dominion was given to it. Once again, this is talking about Alexander the Great, or Alexander the Greek, and him coming into power, and then also what? How he, after he died, he split his kingdom up, or before he died, he split his kingdom up and gave it to his four generals. So let's go to First Maccabees, chapter uh, one, and verse one to prove that. Now, that's the ninety-second mark, y'all. But I'm gonna go a little bit over just to prove this point right here. So putting all this together, and this is coming from Matthew chapter twenty-four. We went to Matthew chapter twenty-four, then we went to Daniel chapter eight, Daniel chapter seven. Now we're in First Maccabees chapter one. All talking about Alexander. First, uh, one verse one, and it happened after that Alexander, son of Philip the Macedonian, who came out of the land of Chittim, had smitten Darius, king of the Persian and Medes, that he reigned in his stead, the first over Greece. Hope y'all seeing this. Now let's read on. Uh, but, yep, we're gonna read the verse six. And made many wars and won many strongholds and slew the kings of the earth and went through to the ends of the earth and took spoils of many nations insomuch that the earth was cried before him, whereupon he exalted and his heart was lifted up. And he gathered, this is the part I want to get to, a mighty strong host 
and ruled other countries and nations and kings who became tributaries unto him. And after these things he fell sick and perceived that he should die. Wherefore he called his servants, such as were honorable, and had been brought up with him from his youth, and parted his kingdom among them while he was yet alive. This is the same thing talked about in Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 8, he parted his kingdom up into four pieces. He gave it to his four generals, which were his friends he came up with, like it says in Maccabees. His friend uh, Ptolemy, Sir Lucius, Cassandra, and Lacamachus. He divided his kingdom between the four his four generals. Each of them got a piece. I went over this before. So this is what it's talking about in Daniel chapter eight, verse uh what verse are we in? Verse eight, and also the same thing in Daniel chapter seven, verse six. Now let's go back to Daniel chapter eight. Verse eight. Therefore the he goat waxed very great, and when he was strong, the great horn was broken. So who who is the he goat once again, y'all? Alexander. It says, and for it came up four notable ones. Who are the four notable ones? Alexander's four generals. Cassandra, Ptolemy, Lacamachus, and uh who am I missing? Seleucus. So those are his four generals. All right, reading on verse nine. And out of and out of the one of them came forth a little horn, which waxed exceedingly great toward the south and toward the east and toward the pleasant land. Who was the little one? This is Antiochus Epiphanes, which came out of the Seleucid dynasty. This is who he's talking about. He the one that came up, the little horn, the little power. It says, which waxed exceedingly great toward the south and toward the east and toward the pleasant land. The pleasant land is talking about Jerusalem and him coming in to take over Jerusalem and to do what we're going to read about, continuing on in Daniel chapter 8 and, yep, verse 10. And it waxed great, it, Antiochus, he was known as the little horn, even to the host of the heaven. And it cast down some of the hosts and of the stars of, and of the stars to the ground and stumped upon them. So it's, this is talking about how Antiochus stumped on our people and killed many of our people. Our people referred to as the stars. I'm gonna prove it to you. Let's get Genesis chapter 37 verse 9. Let's prove who these stars are. This is so when it's talking about the host of heaven, the word host means army. Okay, and when it says heaven. It's more than one heaven, y'all. There's a three. There's three heavens according to Second Corinthians chapter twelve, verse two. So the first heaven would be the firmament, the sky. The second heaven would be power, rulership, and authority on the earth. The third heaven would be where the Most High and the angels dwell, the spiritual realm. So this heaven is talking about is the second heaven, power, rulership, and authority on the earth. So it tells you that the host of heaven, or the host of Alex of uh, Antiochus army stumped on our people. It says the host of heaven. So the host, his army and his heaven, power, rulership, and authority, during his time of power, stumped on our people. And our people being the stars. I'm going to prove that. Now, where I say we was going? Genesis 37 and 9. 
to prove who the stars are. Hopefully, blog talk let me get to the point I'm trying to get to. Yeah, why they in it anyway? It ain't even 12 o'clock yet. Anyway. Genesis 37 and 9. And it reads, And he dreamed yet another dream. Now, this is uh, our forefather Joseph's dream that he had. And told it his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the 11 stars made obstinance to me. So remember, he's dreaming about what? The sun and the moon, right? Now, his dad come back and tells us what the sun and the moon and these stars represent. Verse 10. And he told to his father and to his brethren. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee, to the earth? Now, was his son, I'm sorry, was his father and his mother and his brother's mission in verse 9? No. They referred to as the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars. So you see here, and how many uh, tribes are there of Israelites? Twelve tribes, right? So he said 11 stars, and then he would make up that 12 star. Y'all see this, right? So what are the stars that Antiochus Epiphany stumped on? Is the Israelites, the 12 tribes. All right, going back to Daniel, chapter 8, and verse 10 again. And it waxed great. The it is Antiochus Epiphanes, the fourth, even to the host of heaven, his army, and it cast down some of the hosts and of the stars to the ground and stumped upon them. Those stars, once again, being the 12 tribes. Verse, where we at? 11, right? You know what? I'm going to have to stop here, man, because I got to go back and I got to break verse 10 down a little bit more for my liking and for edification purposes. So I think we're going to stop here, y'all, because this is going to lead me into all, and I ain't going to have time to uh, give y'all edification on this. So we're going to stop right here. We'll do a recap uh, next week just to lead us up to this. And I'll try not to make the news so long so we can get through a, another big chunk of this, y'all. So I want to thank the water for uh, everybody tuning in, which means thank you, the water machine for hooking up the broadcast, brother. Um, Shout out for, for all y'all support, everybody listening in. Uh, you can hit me up at area code 314-482-9110. If you have any questions concerning this class, things you might miss, things you might not understand, or any other topic, any other biblical topic, or if you just want to hit a brother up so you can rap to a brother, that's cool, too, 314-482-9110. And with that, y'all, um, hopefully, Lord willing, next, next week, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to please tune in to Tazapah. Tuesday. Tazapah. Tuesday. Tazapah. Tuesday. Tazapah. Tuesday. Every. Tuesday. And with that, y'all, we're going to say shalom.